Hey there, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to Advancing Humanity. I'm your host, Charlie Peck. Please check out my new website, humanityspeaker.com. I am so excited about this. I have a new course for parents here who are struggling to connect with their teens. There is hope, parents, and this is cutting-edge material that you need to know about. I also have training materials for educators who want to better support their overwhelmed teen students. And I can bring you the unique lens of an educator, therapist, and parent. So don't miss out on this. There'll be free events and downloads, so be sure to check it out. Again, it's humanityspeaker.com. Please also continue to connect with me on social media. I love hearing your stories, and you can follow me on Twitter at Charlie Peck, or you can find me on LinkedIn and join our Facebook group called Advancing Humanity. Thanks so much for being here. From Advancing Humanity. Today we have Boris Conrad. Now, don't forget, we're doing Advancing Humanity through education. This is the series we're focusing on because of the Education Summit we're just do, we're doing. And by the way, it is live. You can go to educatorvirtualsummit.com to get a free registration. So Boris is a neuroscientist and an AI expert, keynote speaker and author, and oh my goodness, he's a world memory champion. So welcome, Boris. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so tell us about world memory, like the, or sorry, the world memory <laughs> champion you are, that's huge. Tell us about that. Sure, so um, I'm a world champion with my team, and so far I didn't win the individual ranking. Uh, I just don't want to break something I didn't completely earn. But what is memory sports? Memory sports is a little bit like the Olympic Games, just with no muzzles, uh, because it's mind sports. We have to memorize and 10 different disciplines as much as we can in a given period of time. And to give you an idea, the best memory of speeds can memorize the order of a shuffle deck of playing cards, 52 cards in under 30 seconds. Um, I managed to memorize 286 random words in the correct order in 15 minutes, which was a world record, but has been broken now. I also entered even the Guinness Book of World Records by memorizing 201 names to the matching faces in also 15 minutes. So these are the kind of things you see at least the best performers uh, achieving at memory competitions. And we do have regional and national competitions in many countries, but there's also the world championships, of course, where the best of each country are nominated for to compete for the world champion title. And me being lucky to be on the German team, we actually managed to win eight times in the last 20 years. So I started doing oh. it 20 years ago and it's an annual competition. And eight times I could take home the world champion title with my team. Jeez, that's, that is saying a lot. Oh my gosh. Okay. Did you always have a great memory? No, I don't think so. I never had a poor memory, so that's neither the case, but I also wasn't really um, too ambitious student in school, at least. So I was doing well. I didn't struggle to finish the year, but I was also not near being the best of class or anything like this. So my grandma still claims I was really good playing memory games when I was really young, but I don't have any memories of that. <laughs> uh, but what I do have is the clear memory why I started to train my memory, which was the um, yeah, final exams for my high school time in Germany coming up and me realizing that the idea of being lazy, not studying much is not an efficient strategy to finish with the grades I want to have to study what I wanted to study or where I wanted to study it. So when I suddenly actually heard on an entertainment TV show that there are memory techniques, I was super interested and also a bit skeptical as you might still are because I wondered rightfully, might, uh, maybe many people might wonder now, like if it works so well, why did no one tell me before? Why did no teacher tell it to me? Why did my parents who actually were both teachers didn't tell it to me? So I was puzzled and I bought the book and it worked a bit and it helped a bit for high school 
<laughs> but I felt like I didn't completely get it yet. So I had a bit of time after finishing high school before my studies at the university started. And then I thought, I really want to give it a go. I want to know what, what is it? What is it really? What am I missing? Or maybe it's nothing and it's just not as good. But then I started to look around a bit further. I met other people who had gone their journey a bit further than me before me. Um, I joined some online forums where I could meet people internationally who did this. And I heard about memory sports. And for me personally, maybe it's my personality that was really like the, the kick I needed because I really enjoyed these competitions and meeting like-minded people, but also beating them. So <laughs> the motivation that I turned out to be, maybe there is some talent involved here, quite good in these memory competitions that motivated me. But also there are some training platforms the one I recommend internationally is called Memory League. It has like a level system, like a computer game. And we know about gamification. It's working here as well. It like motivates you Well, You reached one level and there's a few more to go. And you realize suddenly you can do things you never have been able to do before. And for me, that was always super motivating. To make it not a too long story, I um, kept doing memory sports while being a student. I went from doing quite okay in high school to finishing two master's degrees in the time of one with um, close to perfect marks. And then I switched fields a little bit. As you mentioned, from computer science and physics, I went into neuroscience and at the Max Planck Institute in Munich and the Ludwig Maximilians University, so really top institutes. I did my PhD cum laude in uh, psychology and neuroscience about the brains of memory athletes and decided to make it my career. And I'm one of the few lucky people who can do what's basically their hobby as their job. Yeah, it sounds like it. I can just tell the enthusiasm. And I'm wondering too, <laughs> do you think anybody could take this path because of the memory tricks that you've learned? I can answer that more quickly, yes. Okay, because why are we not teaching this in schools then? That's a more difficult question. There's many reasons to it. And one is it's, yeah, it is a bit of effort involved. So it's not like a magic pill, like nothing is, of course. It's involving some of preparation, somewhat training your memory, but it's working really well. So I can only highly recommend it. And I'm happy about any school that's inviting me to give a talk, nowadays often virtually, or any speaker who wants to learn from me to, to bring it forward. And I was actually the president of the European Association for Memory uh, Advancements for um, many years, 14 years actually, where we do both promote memory techniques to the public, but also offer free courses or very cheap courses to teachers, because we think these are the people who should know it at first. There are some cultural reasons. It's clearly different in Asia. Nowadays, if Germany doesn't have any stand on the world level against the top Asian teams, because their culture is leaning a bit more towards memorization or of valuing it highly. And rightfully, I'm not saying it's wrong, rightfully in the Western countries, maybe over time we thought that road memorization isn't per se a useful skill. There isn't that much that you just need to memorize um, just to have it memorized. But we went too far. We went to, you don't need to know anything anymore. You just need to have skills, which is not working. <laughs> and neuroscience is pretty clear on that. You cannot speak a foreign language if you don't know the words. You cannot uh, understand advanced math if you didn't know the basic rules. And yes, you want to understand them after all, but learning comes first. You cannot understand without learning. You can learn without understanding. And I agree that's not ideal. But people turn it around wrongly. Then they make, you have to understand, you don't have to learn. It's just not possible. You first learn, then you understand. And in my opinion, these memory techniques can be an amazing help for this first part of the progress. 
And as you ask, can anyone can do that for, for everyone? For someone who might already be skilled, it can be enhancing it even further, reducing time to achieve it. For someone who struggles learning, it can be the answer to even being able to do it. And yes, if a kid who never understood even simple multiplications just memorizes the answers, it doesn't make him understand it or her, but it will lead to this kid getting suddenly a correct mark, which has never seen a correct mark on the math test before. And guess what it makes with their motivation, with the self-belief about learning, from believing, well, I cannot learn, to, wow, I can learn, and then maybe having the motivation to go on. Like in my own case, my worst subject in high school was English. Like I nearly failed high school due to my English being not good enough, because I'd always been told, well, you're good in sciences and math, but not in the foreign languages and certainly not in English. And I kind of believed it because my parents weren't good at it. I didn't get the support at home for it. And now I'm giving you this interview and um, I hope people can follow me. I might even speak too fast for some. So certainly that's not an issue anymore. And nowadays I don't just speak English. I also speak fluent Dutch because I moved here for my science and some Spanish and Mandarin Chinese. So nowadays people approach me and tell me, well, if I had your talent for languages, I would love to give them the phone number of my high school English teacher. They would get a different opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. So that's the difference. So if you taught this in school, how long would it take for, for kids, I guess at any age, how long would it take them for actually to acquire a skill to have way better memory, like a significant amount of memory acquisition? Well, um, usually in schools, I'm personally the one show and I hope to motivate the teachers and kids to uh, keep it, uh, take it further. But already in like, when I give like an, an, an hour speech or something like this, I can make them do things they couldn't have done before, like while giving the speech, like memorizing a list of 20 words in order or memorizing 20 uh, words in a foreign language immediately, these kind of things work right away. But yes, I agree that's just, it would be a one-off thing and they might not keep doing it if they, don't develop a system out of it. So what we do in our research, uh, we, we met uh, through me presenting about my research is that we train people in a, a bit more than an hour and half a day in these mnemonic techniques. And yes, as it's often the case, and it has advantages and disadvantages. In our case, our subjects were typically uh, university or college students. So people somewhere between 18 and, and 25 who already were somewhat higher educated. And they have to go on for six weeks, 20 to 30 minutes per day. Well, that's some effort, six weeks, 20 to 30 minutes per day, but it's doable. And so this led to them really developing a memory skill and really on standardized memory tasks, achieving like um, several standard deviations above the norm, like really a huge jump or in a pure wordless learning task to triple their performance, going from around 20 to more than 60. So a, a striking difference. And, and who, wouldn't, six who wouldn't want to do that though, Boris? Who wouldn't want to do that, right? I hope anyone, everyone wants to do it. And um, I would hope people wouldn't get demotivated by themselves, not believing it might be possible. So if you give it a go, if you try it out, you will have the success. And then most people would at least go on. And then it's still the question where and how to apply it. And everyone might have different answers for themselves. So I, I don't advocate saying we must do this and every teacher must uh, transform their teaching by this way but I think every teacher should know it at least and also every student should know it and then it's their own decision 
it's uh, not good that most people, including teachers and students, don't even know about it, cannot decide if it's worth the effort for them, because we kind of stop letting them know. And that's really bad. And that's why I'm so enthusiastic in telling people. And I'm happy to speak to you today and, and school to invite me just to share the knowledge about it and some of my passion, because obviously uh, that's also helping if people see me do things they believe were impossible, like memorizing a deck of cards. Not because it's useful per se to memorize a deck of cards, but exactly the same techniques I do, I used to do that can be applied to proper education, to useful learning. And I hope I encourage a lot of people to actually do that. Okay, so what if I did a trick with you right now then? Can I try, can I test your abilities? Is that okay? I'm getting a little nervous, but yes, yeah, sure. Okay, so at this point I give him some random numbers, a ton of them, and asked him to read them back to me. By the way, I can see him on video, so he is definitely not writing these down as he is memorizing them and then reporting them back to me. Look what happens. Don't rush it too fast, it's evening German time. Can you do like one digit per second, then I should be safe. You like sure? one digit. Four, nine, nine, zero, five, three, four, eight, zero, six, zero, one. Okay. <clears throat> I think it was two eight nine five zero one nine nine one um eight then it was uh eight five nine nine eight two um oh come on um um Um, two four four nine, <laughs> and then it was nine zero five, um, three four eight, zero six zero one. Yes! Oh my gosh! You got <laughs> all of them. Is awesome. it because, nice. Oh my gosh! Is it because I I can't believe that we only know seven numbers usually, don't we? Okay. <laughs> Is it because it was the middle one about that was the pause? Um, the middle one was, well, I use an image based technique. So for me, everything becomes an image. Everything gets turned into something visual, into a story. This is also, by the way, why it's so much fun to do that. It comes on top. It's not even like bothersome. It's even fun to do. <laughs> so it's oh enjoyable. So yeah. it gets stories. And then I was just missing because it went fast, of course, a tiny part of my story. So I realized it's, it was some person, it was their, their backside, so it wasn't a very nice image. Um, but uh, I had to briefly think who it was. And then I realized it was a specific German comedian people wouldn't know right now. And then I could decode it again to be 244. And by the way, these numbers, they're not like gun now. 
if you had given me seven digits and I didn't use a mnemonic technique and I had recalled them, they would be gone within two minutes. These numbers I will still know tomorrow. I will still know them the day after. And they will decay then because I won't repeat them because I don't know whom I could reach with these phone numbers. But if for any reason I would want to remember them by briefly adding some retrieval practice as we call it, basically testing myself if I still know it. Today and tomorrow, I would know them in a week. And if I tested me again in a week, I would know them in a month. So it's absolutely directly long-term memory and something we even proved by our science. It's one of the results from our studies that we show you directly build durable memories, you directly encode into long-term memory, which is not permanent. That's a common miscomprehension. It's not permanent, but it's also not gone in minutes. These digits I just heard once and told you now, I will know them for days. And that's because you told a story to yourself every time you heard a, one of the numbers. And by the way, anyone listening, those were randomly, there were three different numbers, but they were random numbers within that because I had them in front of me, just so you know. Um, okay, can you, tell, <laughs> can you tell us what uh, the trick is there? Yeah, as I said, I turned it into images. So actually, I now pictured uh, a bathroom and in the bathtub, someone was having a nap. Nap for me is 289. And like, yeah, I could say now it's because two is N, eight is A, and nine is P. So this might confuse people now more than it helps, but it's actually a system behind it. And the story is if you spend an hour or two with me or anyone else teaching it, luckily I'm not the only one, you will understand the system. Um, so 289 for me is having a nap. And then 501 is uh, yeah, a German word, Latte is a lat, in Dutch it would be, but not in English, I guess, but these were like someone was nailing a wood above the bathtub to hide the napping person. So I knew it's 289501. Uh, and then someone called Jean Putz, who's also somewhat famous in, in Germany, was sitting on the toilet actually um, and having a magic wand from a fairy. So a weird story. Like if I ever come home and on my bathroom, there is a famous German TV presenter in a children's uh, girl's Halloween dress, I would remember that for sure and might call for help. So uh, that's something you would never forget. And if you just imagine this, it's nearly as good as the real, the same thing happening for real. The brain activation even is similar, which makes it so easy for your brain to remember. So to cut it down really briefly, what we do here is we transform the numbers, which are hard for our brain, into an episodic memory, into an experience into a story. And your brain has already an amazing memory capacity for these, because hardly anyone would complain that they don't know their life enough. You don't know, remember all the details, but what happened to you the day before, of course you know. And now this is just something that happened to me, even though I just made it up. And of course I know why I made it up, because I can decode it back to what I actually wanted to remember. In this case, a series of digits. But the same set of images might have been a set of playing cards or actually useful stuff for my studies or uh, course material. Okay, so my mind is just reeling here because I'm wondering how we can use this in schools. Like, what what are a couple of things teachers should be teaching their students to do today in order to have better memory with from their students? Well, if you look in the mnemonic techniques, don't start with the one I just described with the digits. That's a bit more advanced. Start with what's now called the memory palace. The memory palace is a super fun technique that works really really well in literally everyone. You make up a set of locations and you can do that in classroom. You can do that in a school building. You can do it outside. It doesn't even matter. You just walk around a place you're somewhat familiar with. So it should already be in your long-term memory. You should have been there before at least a few times. And then you just basically label things you note in a logical order. Like in a classroom, you might open the door and the first thing next to the door might be the light switch. 
And next to that might be a bin for rubbish. And then it might be uh, a whiteboard or a chalkboard, whatever still hanging in classrooms nowadays. And you just label these. And then in like every classroom you can easily label 20 of these locations in order. And anyone can remember them. You just look around and you know them because your brain is so good at that. And then these suddenly serve as a background for stuff you actually want to remember. So what you want to remember, you have to transform into an image. And then you link it to the location. So you have to see it, you have to visualize it, you have it, uh, to connect it, to link it to the location. And then you know where it is. So if you don't want them to remember it, you just tell them, well, go back to where you left it. Like if someone is searching for the keys and you're annoyed, well, like, where did you leave it? Where did you have it last? And then, well, last I had it in, in the hallway. Oh, wait. And, and where did you last see this image? Yeah, well, I put it to the uh, light switch or to the chalkboard. Well, have a look what's happening there. And then you have some funny story, funny image there. And then it can hopefully be decoded in what you actually wanted to remember. So in, uh, in a history class, it might be just some historical events. It might be series about these if you go to a more advanced class. In biology, it might be something about the genetics and you just have these different dependencies there encoded into little images. In uh, physics and math, it might be a formula if it's useful to remember a formula which now get more similar to digits at the end. Because as for every number I have an image, I can do this for a formula. And then the equation sign for me is always a bridge because it has two bars and looks like a bridge. And the root sign is just a tree because the tree has roots. So if it now would be the root sign, then I might see a, a tree coming out of the light switch. And then on the tree or under the tree is happening whatever is under the root sign in this equation I want to remember. And suddenly, a uh, super difficult, weird looking equation that's not sparking any brain activity and even the most motivated student gets a super weird, funny story happening in the classroom anyone can remember. Wow. And I know there's much more that you could do, but I'm gonna honor your time. Is there anything else or a resource that people can get or can they contact you? Or what would you suggest that they really want more of this? Well, absolutely, I would be very happy to. As I said, I, I do offer speaking also virtual for schools also all around the world and uh, guidance for teachers. Um, the studies we did, of course, are out there. Luckily, most of them nowadays are in, uh, in, in open science journals, so you can just download them for free. If you can't access it for any reason, just send me a message. You can find me on the typical social media platforms we use nowadays, on Instagram or LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm not on TikTok for the students, sorry for that, but uh, the other ones you can find me on and just send me a direct message. Or if you still use the good old email, just send me an email. And I promise to get back to any question, to any comment. Uh, I can't promise I have the time to do it the same day, but if it didn't come back within a week, you're absolutely fine to remind me of that. Um, I might have forgotten <laughs> or not, but uh, I will promise uh, to help you along the way. And if you tell me what kind of specific age group you're teaching or dealing with or what kind of class, I might even have some idea of material. Other people who worked in mnemonics as well have published. So I've published books, but so far no one wanted to translate them into English. They are available in a couple of languages, including Chinese, Russian, Italian, um, but not English yet. But I know some good material. I'm very happy to recommend. So if you need any guidance, just send me a message. And if you really want to get into it, just because you asked me, I'm taking this very short moment of self-promotion. I also do have an online course, which is not super cheap, but really comprehensive and is including everything we did in the six-week program also for people in our studies. So it's the whole six weeks program. Um, so you don't have to look around for all the material about mnemonics. It's just handed to you in six hours of video by me. Wow. Well, that's what we were looking for. Oh my goodness, Boris. That's what we're looking for. Okay. What is your email address? 
and website then? Well, uh, my name is Boris Conrad. So for Boris, you might think of Boris Johnson, uh, which might not be the most favorable image, but at least everyone knows him. Um, and for Conrad, if, so you know someone with that name, there were a few German people throughout history. You might think of Konrad Röntgen, um, if you know that name, or you just think that it's a bit sounding like a concert. So you might see me going to a very memorable concert with Boris Johnson. It's borisconrad.com and info at borisconrad.com is my email address and my name should turn me up on most large social media sites. Wonderful. Thank you so very much for your time. It was really, really helpful. You're welcome. And best of success for the education program. Thank you. There you have it for Advancing Humanity. This is Charlie Pack, your host, and thank you so much for listening. Please rate this podcast. Also, check out my new website, humanityspeaker.com. I am so excited about this. I have a brand new course called Taming Teen Conflict for parents of teenagers who want to have more peace in their home and who want to reconnect with their teen. There are also brand new training opportunities for high school educators there too. It's nothing like you've experienced before. So go to humanityspeaker.com to get some free materials and to check out those resources. Connect with me on social media as well. I'm on Twitter at Charlie Pecked and you can find me on LinkedIn. And we'd love for you to join our Facebook group called Advancing Humanity. Thanks so much for being here.